0: Symbols. We're all familiar with them. There are shortcuts to vital information. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. It is designed to inform parents about the suitability of movie content for viewing by their children. G. All Ages Admitted, General Audiences. G. P. All Ages Admitted, Parental Guidance Suggested. R. Restricted. Under 17 requires accompanying
1: parent or adult guardian. X. No one under 17 admitted. Welcome to a, yet another edition of the All American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh, and as always, I am joined by the Professor Smoke.
0: What's up, everybody?
1: And usually, Will, but this time, uh, not so much. He's on assignment, so today is going to be a little different than usual. We're not going to be uh, discussing a you know, a particular movie like we normally do. Um, today, I think we're going to uh, Smoke and I are going to take a little bit of a deep dive, if you will, into the history of uh the mpaa and film ratings you know how we got from you know the beginnings uh when film first started i guess what in the late 1800s early 1900s when they Mm -hmm. first started all the way up to today how kind of how we got there i mean we won't we won't drone on and on about it for hours on end but we'll just kind of give you a brief overview and some of our opinions on you know on this matter. I guess with that uh smoke I'll get started with this. These days, you know, we know the uh, movie ratings to be you got you have rated G, which is for general audiences. You have rated PG, which is parental guidance suggested, which says some material may not be suitable for children. So, you know, it's kind of the parents, I guess. PG-13, which is uh parental guidance suggested and some material may be inappropriate for children under 13 then you go to rated r which is a lot of the movies that we deal with here on the podcast for the most
0: yeah, part yeah at least right at least r, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. r and above yeah. for the most part a couple Generally, of pg thirteen
1: yeah. slip in from yeah, time yeah, to- yeah every <laughs> once in a while you'll get a pg-13 but for the most part uh it's rated r here uh, and that means for, that stands for restricted which means under 17 you have to be accompanied by a parent or a uh, adult guardian and then there's the the seedier side of nc-17 which is uh <laughs> adults only no one 17 and under admitted my uh experience with all of this with the ratings and stuff is uh for two or three years back in the late 90s early 2000s i worked in a movie theater and uh, a good portion of that i worked in the box office so you'd always have to uh, remind people what the ratings were and you know if uh, a fifteen-year-old was trying to sneak into a, a, a rated R movie. You had to run them out and stuff
0: like that. Uh, so. <laughs> that was. I have a story about that too. Actually, mm-hmm. that, was, that was my. That was one of my things I tried to do with the first with the original child's play movie.
1: <laughs> oh really? <laughs>
0: yeah, I tried to sneak into here in Orangeburg, where I'm from. Uh, we had two movie theaters. We don't have any now. Both of those have gone out of business. But we had two movie theaters. I think one had two screens and the other had four screens. Massive, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that Multiflex. made it. Yeah, so yes. And the earlier days, like I'm talking about, like, I don't know, maybe mid 80s, I remember being able to go to some of these R rated movies and they they didn't crack down on it so much. Like, I, me and friends would go, Hey, we want to go see, you know, Friday the 13th, part six. Okay, here you go. You know, take your money. Okay, cool. No adult with us, nothing. Yeah. Then a few years later after that, there was a crackdown on all that type of stuff, of course, because they were, I'm sure, getting in trouble for just letting kids in, you know, <laughs> these R rated movies and stuff.
1: So, oh yeah, yeah. When uh, I think those are all really, I, I honestly think it's kind of up to like whatever specific theater you go to and who's man, who's yeah. manager. Because True. yeah. So you know, I had a manager that was a really a real hard ass about it. You know, for a time, <laughs> and then yeah. I had, and then I would have a manager that you know was pretty much loosey goosey about it. You know, as, as long as they seemed close enough to seventeen, yeah. You know, oh yeah, it was what yeah. it was. You know, you kind of let them do it, but. <clears throat> so I think it all depends. You could probably literally go from theater to theater, and it would be different as to how hard they enforce it. Even True. today, yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of people would do the old uh, buy a ticket to see Aladdin, yeah, quank, and then you know oh, yeah, sl- yeah. slide on into yeah. the the newest Conjuring or whatever. Yeah. and that
0: could be a little bit easier on these big multiplex type theaters. But at that time, in in that small theater, I was, in you had the concession stand, which was the ticket booth, also was right there in the center, and you had. Two little small screens on one side and two little small. There was no hallway. It was like yeah. you just walk right there's the door to go into the to the room to the you know theater. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't. Make, I, I I acted like I was playing the video game. I think they had Tron in there. I was, I, I was acting like I was playing Tron right there by the door, waiting yeah. for them to turn around and not <laughs> when I thought they weren't looking. So I, I bought the ticket for some other movie and my friends bought the ticket. They decided just to not see Child's Play.
1: Mm-hmm. They
0: weren't going to try and you know risk getting kicked out. I guess so.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was
0: Die hard. I was Die Hard horror fan then too.
1: Well, I mean, I I, I guess maybe in a small, smaller town, when you'd have to worry about it, because then not only could they boot you out, but then they could ban you from coming back, and they they, they would, and they would remember your face, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas, like you know, uh, me growing up, you know, near Charlotte and and going to theaters in Charlotte, like the bigger theaters, like it was pretty easy, you know, if you wanted to sneak around. (laughs) Um, Not that I ever did that, of course, (laughs) but. uh, Um so yeah I guess uh I'll throw it back to you then uh mm-hmm. c- tell us a little bit of a brief history of the uh from what you've done in your deep professor research.
0: Well uh well before of course prior to the MPAA uh and MPAA for those who maybe even hear the term MPAA but don't know or care like what well, what is MPAA even? It's a uh, Motion Picture Association of America. Jack Valenti president of the MPAA. Before MPAA there was a Hays code was kind of what these the big Hollywood type studios and hollywood studios pretty much ran the movie theater business too would release these movies under the Hays code which was basically a form of censorship so certain movies that were put into major theaters if it had something that was against this Hayes code it would be it would be removed or not shown in the theater so it's a straight up form of censorship which uh a lot of the producers and and people were against you know and were rightfully upset about the movies either having stuff excised out of it or not being shown in theater stuff. Jack Villeneuve who came up with the MPAA ratings, put that in, or put a motion for that to be put in place in place of the Hays Code to where it would be a voluntary sort of, it wouldn't be, it's, people kind of equate the MPAA, I think, with censorship in a way themselves because kind of like you, you submit your movie to the MPAA and it comes back with a rating. Well, they don't say, you know, you need to take this out this scene where there has a beheading in here that's got to go or you can't get a you know R rating they don't necessarily give you that they they send you the the movie back and say well it can't be released in an R rating i mean or you know this will be an R rated or it will be PG or It'll be PG13 whatever and then that then the filmmakers would have to decide you know kind of what they thought was in question sort of so they yeah. get a kind of guideline back, cuz otherwise it would basically still be censorship if they're saying you need to cut this out or you're not going to get you know an R rating or a PG rating or whatever. So
1: yeah, because what i had read about the Hayes Code uh, was that it would it would basically kind of uh, it was more of a moral standard than it was yeah. uh, kind of a an un- yeah a guideline or kind of taking an unbiased view of what you were seeing.
0: Right. You yeah. And everybody's views of morality are different as far as whether Absolutely. you're taking an extreme, re- you know, religious reaction to something or whether it's your own personal beliefs on. Mm-hmm. Oh, So yeah, they wanted to put something in place that would not censor movies in that way, but would give guidelines to parents to say this movie is we believe to be acceptable for kids of this age, or it's not acceptable, or you know.
1: Now the time, now the timeline of this though is interesting because, like, I, from what I could tell, like basically the Hays Code was kind of a thing from the twenties, from the nineteen twenties, oh, yeah. and, yeah. and it basically stayed. That was that's kind of like the standard up until like almost the late sixties, right? Yeah. When, yeah, that, really. when the, the current system kind of came into play. Yep. You yeah, were well yeah. into uh, the late 60s, early 70s, right?
0: Yeah, I think, well, I, think, I believe it was, it was 1968, sometime in okay, 19, so it, 1968 when the MPAA rating went into effect. You know, as far as I'm not sure how long after that, how many movies were actually submitted so you, during that it, time. But.
1: So it really, it literally went uh, give or take 40 years. Yeah. Of this of the Hayes Code and the way things were up until, you know I, I guess it's probably kinda went hand in hand with the uh not not necessarily I guess hippies and stuff like that, you know, where everyone's kind of like free love and opens up. Yeah, right count, with they,
0: counterculture, basically the, the counterculture.
1: Yeah, of the so late they probably they probably knew at some point like look if we don't change this and then no new movies will ever be made that you'd yeah. be able to see because that's, We
0: can't release we can't put out artistically you know con- even regardless of whether you want to have exploitative elements in it just artistically done movies that are adult oriented would not have been allowed under the Hays
1: code either you'd be artistically handcuffed and creatively yeah. handcuffed and you and you'd never see anything uh yeah uh new yep just be the yeah. same, same
0: things over and over same again. That a, stories rehashed with it. Oh, that's yeah. a little bit too excessive. we got to take that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: That's wild, man, that it took it that yeah. long, you know, to kind of come around. But.
0: Now, I think there, there was movies, of course, and we say this, and then people think in their head, well, what about, you know, Blood Feast? Or what about 2000 Maniacs and these movies? You know, how did these movies get, and these were prior to 1968, it would have been doing the Hays Code. Well, there were, there, were win, there were windows of opportunity through the Hays Code to where you could go around it, and that those windows of opportunity were the drive-in circuits especially in the south or the grindhouse circuit in new york Those mm-hmm. grindhouses were there on 42nd street way before the 70s there, there that was a place where they could show these, some of these movies and so what to a, get around
1: so was it kind of a loophole in that in that uh say a drive-in because it was being shown outside and like not and it was, it yeah, was basically because it was a different venue so they could get around it kind of thing
0: yeah, and it wasn't uh, those driving circuits and everything. They weren't run by the uh, by Hollywood studios either. Which mm-hmm. now that's something I haven't really done a whole lot of research on. But there's a big difference there between when Hollywood studios owned these movie friend- these movie theaters. They weren't they weren't independent at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When that changed, of course, there were some things that were let up, loosened a little bit policy wise and everything. So, but yeah, the definitely the driving circuit was a place where you'd see the some of the more seedy or exploitative type movies and uh mm-hmm. that were outside the hollywood system and outside the Hayes code uh restrictions truly independent yeah and then yeah like we were t- saying i guess it was late november i mean early november sometime in, around november late 68 that that uh mpaa ratings went into effect the movies were submitted and you know, given ratings. Now, when it started in
1: 1968, was it, it wasn't the current system, right? It was something slightly no. different. Uh, in
0: 1968, that, you know, when that, went the effect at that point, it was, you did have G, so that's the same as today, general mm-hmm. audiences. Now, then you had a rating that was called M, which was suggested for mature audiences. That was, I think that, that rating, well, well, basically the ratings that were in effect from the time the MPA started in 1968 till about 1970. It was that G, like I mentioned, the M for mature.
1: Mm-hmm. There was an
0: R, for restricted. But at that time, it was no one under sixteen admitted mm-hmm. without parent or adult guardian. So that actually went up later. The X was under sixteen not admitted, but this ra- that ra- the X rating, was never actually trademarked by the MPAA. So it didn't receive the. I don't know. If you, I'm sure people have seen the MPAA seal. They might not even recognize it, but it's mm-hmm. that little globe. You know, when you see around beside the I, rating, there's a little. Globe. I would think
1: more people would recognize it. It, it. It's almost like a periphery thing. You know, like
0: yeah, it's almost always.
1: Yeah. There. I almost think of it's it. It's imprinted like this, in people's
0: yeah. heads, even if they don't know.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, like you're seeing it, but you're not seeing it. It's like on yeah. the comic, on the it's comic, like comic books back in the day when you had the comics code authority. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, know, you always had that little logo up in the corner, and yep. you, you know, you knew what it was as soon as you saw it. Now they dumped that in the late. Uh, I say that was around the early 2000s when Marvel and DC little. and the rest finally dumped it, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was basically the comic equivalent, but that's what that's yeah. what it always reminds me of. But I know exactly what you're talking about, the little globe with like a movie reel in the middle of it.
0: They, yeah, that was a seal. But, but yeah, the X rating was never an actual MPAA rating. It was X was something that if they you were know, submitted, they, it was above an R rating. Then the filmmakers were at the discretion to release it with the X, self-imposed X rating, which at the time in 1968, I mean, we, there was no porn at that time. Is at least mm-hmm. no porn that was like you know commercially released in theaters or anything like that. So yeah,
1: so, so the X like so so have old that. stag reels and stuff at this point. Yeah,
0: yeah, that yeah. like and like at some of the places I mentioned, like the grindhouses and these sort of the, you know the C D or theaters that weren't owned by Hollywood chains. That yeah, you might be able to see stag films and all that stuff. So, but as far as X rating being equi- being equated with porn, that didn't happen yet. So uh, you know you get movies like well, well actually I will backtrack a little bit to it's actually the very first film. That the MPAA rated. Did you know you, do you know what that one was? It actually well, uh, is, uh, I would
1: assume it would be 1968, right? Yeah,
0: 1968. And it's so, actually a horror movie that uh, received that was submitted and received the first rating. And it's actually a horror horror movie. It wasn't even American, but it was submitted for America at least, you know. It was given the NPA rating. Yeah. That movie was uh Hammers, Dracula's risen from the grave. And I'm actually quite surprised at what the rating would be for that one.
1: What was the rating? Well, uh,
0: I'll let you I'll give, give me your best guess. Uh, what you think.
1: Let me guess. Uh, I'll say, I guess back then, what was the G, M, R, and X? I'll say G, M, R, and X. M. I'll, I'll say it got an M, M rating.
0: It actually got a G rating, believe it or not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was pretty crazy because, yeah. I mean, that movie's not very violent, even by Hammer standards, but it mm. would not get a G rating today. I mean, you did have you know Dracula getting staked and the blood splattering. Voluptuous, you know, nubile. <laughs> yeah, uh, breasts on display. I mean, not busty not, ladies. Yeah, busty ladies. So.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> Something that would not get a G rating today, which is, shows no, the uh, no. the differences I mean, a little bit. You
1: know. Pretty much the only things that get a G rating this, these days are cartoons, and some of yeah. those don't even get G ratings as much That's as they used right. to anymore.
0: Yeah. yeah, most <laughs> of those,
1: a lot of those are PG. PG now, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just weird how the those uh, the the standard changes over time. And I, know oh, yeah. they, I know they have included different reasonings and stuff yeah. that affect uh, ratings, You know, which I'm sure we'll get to eventually. But yeah. So the first one, what, what did you say it was again? Hammer Films, what?
0: Dracula is Risen from the Grave, uh, wow.
1: 1968. Very
0: first one. Oh, that, yeah, the first one wasn't, like I said, the MPAA is an American rating system, but the very first film, film rated was not American. <laughs> it was in yeah, the British. English.
1: English. Yeah. British or American. English.
0: And then it was in uh, 1970 as the MPAA raised the age, like I mentioned, where the age was 16 an r-rated film so in 1970 it became they raised it to 17. no one under 17 without a uh i wonder care. what
1: i wonder or, what's with the arbitrary number like why not 16.
0: yeah i know why why did they all of a sudden decide well you know 16 is not quite old enough you're gonna raise it. yeah
1: up. i mean i guess it's just the same the, the same debate between smoking and drinking and stuff you know true. 18 yeah. to 21 but yeah <laughs> it, it does seem like an uh, an arbitrary hey, let's make it 17 you know
0: true Yep.
1: How old do you have to be to be in the military? you got to be eighteen right yeah, 18 yeah so and you can actually it,
0: be, when I was in, I was actually in the military I was in the Navy
1: mm-hmm. at
0: that time and I'm not sure if it's exactly like this now, but I remember I, I was able to drink on base certain bases
1: they had yeah.
0: a bar and, and they it's did, eight, uh, I could they be drink. wrong about
1: this, but it's eighteen right on military bases and
0: yeah yeah or at least it was i mean i I, I can't speak for what it is necessarily now, but when mm-hmm. I was in yeah it was and that was in 92 to 96
1: well, yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, if you're going to ask these guys and, and ladies, too, if you're going to ask them to defend the country, you should at least let them go get a, a Budweiser. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And I, and they, I guess
0: I, they agreed with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah little...
1: I mean, I'm, I'm totally and like I said, I
0: can't speak for it now. I'm not sure. But I, I assume it's like that still. On base, and
1: and on, and on top of that too, it's it's a safe place, right? I mean, because you're you're less likely to run around and have oh, yeah. DUIs yeah. and stuff because yes,
0: exactly. You know,
1: you're, you're It's like supervised drinking. It's like uh, yeah. if your parents were cool with you drinking. They let you drink in the house, you know, kind of thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you're walking. I mean, we when I was. We just walked there because our barracks are. Uh, this yeah. is when I was. I was in the Navy, so I didn't when I went to boot camp and then my a my what you call uh, a school after boot camp and all that. It was on the military base. And so we would just walk right over there, mm-hmm. drink, come back. Then, yeah, you don't have to drive anywhere. Not, you don't have to worry about people scamming you or anything, you know, trying to scam. People are always trying to scam, especially young sailors, you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I can imagine.
0: Yeah. Or what, young military men, whatever. It doesn't matter, the Navy or not. But, uh, but yeah, they know they know you got money because Uncle Sam. They know you're young, yeah. you're drunk, then <laughs> they can take advantage of that. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: You
0: ain't got to worry about that element.
1: So you say in 19, so 1968, the, uh, the ratings as we kind of know them began, 1970, they raised yeah. it from 16 to 17. 19. Yeah, so, and they um, also
0: changed the M rating too at that time, because the M rating is, had become sort of a confusing thing. People were like, well, mature, doesn't that mean adults? I mean, if we got the R rating, is that more, is that like, how did, there was this confusion going on with the M rating. So in 1970, they also uh, did away with, the, with that M rating, and it yeah. became... What was known as at that time as GP, which just meant yeah, you know, this GP rating is basically the same thing that what would become a PG. Mm-hmm. But GP, I remember seeing this before I knew what it was. I mean, because like this is prior to my time in 1970. That, that GP release lasted until like 1972. I believe I wasn't born until 73. Mm-hmm. But I do remember in the, in the video age of of seeing this GP rating on on certain movies. I'm like, what the hell is a GP rating? did they accidentally screw up? And this guy was like, you know, dyslexic Mm -hmm. and he put, you know, (laughs) GP and it's supposed to be PG. I mean, I didn't know about what it was, but Mm -hmm. basically that's just the rating of what PG would become. But from 1970 to 72, it was GP.
1: So I I would assume it would mean like, uh, it it may mean like guidance from parents instead of parental guidance. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was still all ages, just like a a PG would be. So all ages are admitted, but yeah, parental guidance suggested, which is still the same thing. PG. I just don't, Still don't get why they <laughs> so like I, like
1: I Like I said, when I worked in the movie theater, even, you know, uh, the standards were usually like if it was something uh, PG up mm-hmm. um, or say PG or PG 13, then you had to, if a kid just walked up and wanted tickets, you had to make sure like, are, 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 uh, are your parents nearby, you know? Oh, yeah. And if they're not, well, they're going to have to come up here and yep. buy the ticket.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, yep. Was the way it worked. Uh now rated R was a whole different thing. Like you know, that yeah. was usually, that was usually up to the parents. I can't tell you how many like little, many arguments you would get into with parents because they would just walk up and say, "I'm buying the tickets." Uh, you know, that's not the way it works. You have to go in with them. You have to you go know? in with
0: them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, go,
1: I'm not going in there. What are you talking about? There's, there's yeah, I don't want to see movie. the movie. I'm
0: saying they can see it, but I don't want to see it. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm sorry. That's not the way it works. You know. <laughs> Trust me. Plenty of uh, little. Uh, you know piss fires you'd have to put out with this (laughs) yeah with that fine line you know but yeah you would always have to make sure somebody you know some adult was around and then Mm. occasionally you get a kid that would come up and say uh you know i want to take it to a pg-13 or something are your parents around no and then they would come back with some hobo you know like this is (laughs) this is my grandpa you know (laughs) whatever man Yeah, he
0: just had to buy them a beer or something. He'd give them a yeah, couple yeah.
1: bucks. pretty much. Yeah, they'd give them like five <laughs> bucks and have them come over and buy the tickets for him. Whatever. I'm not. I'm, I'm not making enough money to argue with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm barely making a minimum wage here, so uh, whatever. Oh, well,
0: I mean, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but and I don't know what this is. If it's up to the theaters, if it's a regional thing or what. I was, I was up uh, north, and my my fiance's from uh, the Philly, South Jersey, Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. And we were at a theater up there, and they didn't allow kids in with whether whether they were with parents or not for R-rated movies at a certain time. And it, uh, it had something—I don't know—something to do with kid with certain like parents bringing like young, really young toddlers in there because they because the parents wanted to see the movie and they yeah. didn't care whether their kids were in there with them or what, and it was disrupting the movie for others. I don't know if that's the well,
1: yeah. I mean, once again, that could, that could be one of those arbitrary theater things too. You know, like whoever's yeah. running the place, they might. They might uh, have their own little mini set of rules, yeah. you know, or or maybe the the company that owns that particular theater chain, whatever, you know, there there may be some other circumstance at play there. Or yeah. for all we know, it might be some uh, uh, town ordinance or a city <laughs> yeah. ordinance or county, or you know, you never know, man. Where you yeah. you know where you go. Just well, like, towns you know, are like
0: we like the Hayes Code. We had censorship and all that stuff. We yeah, aren't even going you know. to allow any kids in these already moved. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> parents are not. No. <laughs> it's like Walmart when they sell the edited CDs and stuff. Oh yeah,
0: and yeah, and that was worse back in. I remember back in the late '80s, early '90s at Walmart, they wouldn't even carry a lot of music Like they would, you wouldn't even see some of the Metallica CDs that you see. Yeah, in, I remember Metallica that. CDs in Walmart back then because they were, you know, very, mm-hmm. <laughs> very. Kind. Anything just, get a parental guidance sticker on it? I mean, I, well, not parental guidance. What is that called now for a? Uh,
1: uh, uh, the, uh, uh, oh hell! I can even the uh,
0: parental advisory. Uh, <laughs> parental advisories. Yeah, yeah. Don't even get me into that. That could be a whole other show. Uh, with, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Use it with Tipper Gore and the PMRC uh, and the stuff. Like so, but yeah, anyways, it, if yeah. it had a parental advisory sticker on it, they wouldn't even carry that in Walmart back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they did slacken up. Walmart's to
1: me has always been kind of arbitrary about what they're cool yeah. with. you know, it's a little hypocritical. Blockbuster
0: Video too, and you know, they they started doing that. For, I mean, some Blockbusters different than others but in general they were geared towards family oriented so if there was an unrated or nc-17 or whatever movie a lot of a lot of blockbusters
1: wouldn't carry that (laughs) you know there's a carry with the Mm r-rated version yeah see that that's that's censorship on a whole different level to me. like when you start when you change the music or you change the movie oh uh, yeah because you feel better about selling that version of it that's yeah exactly but i guess at the end at the end of the day i mean it's up to the uh the individual music companies and the movie companies and stuff as to whether they allow them to do it, right? So I mean, really, True, you can't yeah. even blame yeah. you can't blame Walmart. You got to blame them, I guess.
0: Yeah, because well, I guess Walmart, you know, they have their policies, and I, and it happens with some, uh, it happens with movies, certain yeah. movies as well as certain music albums or whatever. That if they really want their album to go into Walmart and to make these sales, they got to make these changes. Whether it's put out a clean version with no, you know, cursing or no, whatever's offensive. Yeah. Whatever's the fan, the Walmart, you know, retailing.
1: Well, because like I know, always say money talks. So, yes, <laughs> yeah. the almighty dollar dollars at play. So, they're like, you know what? You can go ahead and edit our movie <laughs> if I can sell an extra, you know, 50,000 copies. Yeah. Yeah. So, go ahead and cut, you know, cut that uh, fuck out, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It makes you feel happy, I guess, whatever. But from what I could tell, it looks like you go up to almost like 1984, and then that was the introduction of PG 13, right? Yeah,
0: 1980. Yeah, it was all the way from basically 1970. What was it, two, where we kind of left off, where, where mm-hmm. the, thing, the only things that changed were like the. Yeah, yeah where it goes from you know, GP to PG. to PG. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, GP to PG. Yeah, that was 72. Yeah, okay. yeah. And then, yeah, 72 to 84. Basically, everything stayed the same. Then what happened in 1984? <laughs> you remember 1984, right? Was uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, Indiana Jones and the Mm -hmm. Temple of Doom? That hits, and I remember seeing that in the theater, and it was it was pretty violent. I mean, they had some pretty violent stuff in there for a PG movie. You know, as far as the you know heart being ripped out of the chest. Yeah, Uh, Kalima, Kalima, (laughs) And, and then the you know the snake being sliced open. The baby snakes being pulled out to eat at the dinner table scene, you know, and so, the monkey so, brain. So
1: what was that? <laughs> so what was that rated then?
0: That was uh Indiana Jones and the Temple Doom was rated PG, because at that time, like I said, they only had it went from either PG, it was either PG or R. The next step so up it, was R. So basically and, the
1: theory is like it's not hard enough to be rated R, but well, it's there, also that, yeah, not necessarily light theory. enough to be PG. Yeah.
0: And there's also another, <laughs> you know, that could be our arguable theory here is also that. At that time, MPAA was kind of lenient, I think, and a lot of other people think as well, towards certain filmmakers. So if you were Steven Spielberg, you could put your Indiana Jones out and get a mm-hmm. PG-13. But if you were George Romero and you put out something, you know, that had maybe an equal amount of violence, it was going to be rated right R. So there was this mm-hmm. kind of, that's so arguable, now, like that, you know, but there was a sort of double standard going on.
1: So, yeah, so now you have bias entering the equation and uh, political yeah. motivations here. Yeah. Basically. Yep. Once again, money talks. and <laughs>
0: yeah. At the same time, those parents were still pretty much in an uproar about Temple of Doom's level of violence and it being PG. Regardless of whether MPAA passed it because, you know, Steven Spielberg or not, the parents were still upset that there was that much violence that their kids were able to see in a PG movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually Steven Spielberg himself who suggested to the MPAA that they needed to maybe think about having some sort of media- mediary between PG and R. Yeah.
1: But it makes
0: sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely did. Because, so, yeah, really, I mean, uh, honestly, that movie, I don't think Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom deserved an R, but it really was push the, pushing the PG beyond at that time. I mean, you might oh, be able no to question. get away with Hell, even at this time, I don't think you could get away with much of the stuff in that movie, and just the PG. I mean, yeah. heart ripping and all that stuff. Pretty sure. Yeah, it mean, Get now,
1: now we we live well into the post-pg 13 era, but yeah, I mean you can definitely see there'd be this gray area for a movie like that,
0: yeah, for sure. So was that so, was
1: that the first PG-13 rated movie, or was it uh something
0: else? No, no, well, that was the one, the one that sparked it was Temple Doom. Oh, okay. was Temple of Doom got released with a PG, and then that's what you know kind of angered some parents and things. And they also, like I said, had the, some other people Uproar, some independent filmmakers thinking it's a double standard. Hey, how come this movie with this level of violence gets a PG yet mine gets an R? So, yeah, there was that, and like said Steven Spielberg mentioned that he thought there should be some other rating in there, and then Jack Valenti agreed. MPAA comes up with the PG-13 rating. That was, uh, I guess, not, yeah, that was went into effect, I think, in 1980, well, 84, mid-84, I guess, because the first movie that got the PG-13 was Red Dawn in 1984.
1: So. Yeah, I could definitely see that.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah. So you can see, and I think that kind of opened the door up a little bit, too, for people to to, you know, Add a little bit more of whatever violence or whatever level, but not to the point of it being an R rated. Mm-hmm. So, it definitely you could see that there needed to be something there, and that PG thirteen was a good idea.
1: Although I actually watched that one a couple of years back, it seems to me like it would be closer to an R than it oh, would be a red dog. PG- yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they, there's like I said, there's been some tug and pull there between you know the generations of what's allowed and not allowed
1: mm-hmm.
0: in PG thirteen and R rated movies. So.
1: Now, what what is it? I think the rule is, uh, and we I think we briefly discussed this once before on an earlier show. The difference between a PG thirteen and an R can be like one fuck, right? Like, yeah, you, you, you can <laughs> yeah. get away with once saying the word fuck once.
0: Yeah, <laughs> once. Uh, may, what well, maybe yeah.
1: twice, but then after that, like, yeah, uh, it's a, it's an R now. If you say it say two times or three times, now it's a rated R. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: That's and sometimes. Funny. And- some of the reasons I think too why there was differences in certain movies getting certain ratings is because the MPAA is sort of made up of they get these people to come in to watch the movies. You know, mm. it's not like it's not like this group of of people that are hired as employees at MPAA and all they do is rate movies and tell people yeah. that this is you know this rating or that rating or you know they mm. it's a group that comes in people watch that of parents and different people from different walks of life that watch them and that end out they the rating. Come,
1: they come to a consensus. Mm-hmm. of what this
0: should be yeah uh. yeah which is you know which is why i think that too could also be argued as to why some there's some differences there so this group might not necessarily think of that this mo- this particular movie deserves an r rating where if you got a different group they maybe would give it an r rating so when uh, but, uh, so what
1: was next oh yeah there was another
0: movie let me backtrack a little bit here because there was also <laughs> there was a, two movies actually that came out in 1984 that that uh besides indiana jones and temple of doom the other one was gremlins that was the other one that both of those being released around that same time that prompted sort of because gremlins gremlins not i don't think is nearly as violent as indiana jones and temple of doom overall as far as the the gore the gore i guess you could say but but, i mean i can see why maybe some parents would think that that was maybe a little too scary for their children you know under some of that
1: some of that might be though the way it is delivered right like uh, Temple of Doom is a, uh, even though there are elements of comedy in it, it's a more, mm-hmm. far more serious movie than Gremlins is.
0: Oh, and, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So, because Gremlins kind of does play up, the play the kids a little bit more, and is a little bit more corny with the jokes and stuff, maybe that's kind of the way you see it. Right. True. Even though yeah. it's probably, maybe give or take, about the same level of violence in it. I mean, because yeah. there, yeah. there are a few parts in Gremlins that are kind of like, whoa, you know, because the only reason <laughs> I say that is because I think it was like, uh, a Christmas or two ago, uh, I, I, I plugged it in, and uh, we were letting my son watch it. And at the time, mm-hmm. he was six or seven, probably around yeah. six. And there was a couple parts, and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa!" You know, <laughs> <laughs> true. I yeah, forgot, kind of forgot about that. You know, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I think that we were also a little bit maybe we, generation two differences. Uh, the acceptable levels of violence maybe at that time, which which prompted the PG thirteen, which you know rightfully prompted the PG thirteen rating. Mm-hmm and i think they were accept more acceptable than maybe as parents too were
1: absolutely. more absolutely i mean look, look i remember i'm i'm probably 8 9 10 11 years old and i'm watching freddy jason
0: <laughs> Yeah, me too yeah
1: you know and, you know whereas like right now i have an 8 year old son i don't know if i'd let him watch it yeah frankly, oh yeah frankly he'd probably <laughs> call me out on it he'd be like daddy i can't <laughs> watch this <laughs> You know, yeah. he, he'd properly shame me if I put it in front of him. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. watching
0: the thing, I think it was the standards. Old. Yeah, true. Generational thing there. Yeah. But, uh, I remember watching the thing, John Carpenter's remake of the thing. I don't remember what year exactly it was, but it wasn't too long after it, it was on probably like HBO for the first time or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, being able to watch that, and in that movie, I was watching it through my fingers when I was a kid. Yeah
1: yeah <laughs> oh yeah and i think yeah. i
0: even had to go into mom and dad's bed that night too <laughs> yeah
1: i'm sure that's another conversation for another day man but i can't even tell you what the first horror movie was i watched like you know i can't pinpoint one movie and say yeah, this was was f- me to
0: pinpoint the first one that one wasn't the first but that was one of the early sort of ones that scared me i remember being scared by it, but as far as first yeah i can't really i don't know if i can pinpoint the very first one i saw either
1: now it's always a story in my family uh my uh my parents this is back in the days like before we owned a VCR, so you had to go to the grocery. We went to the grocery store and rented a VCR. Oh yeah, yeah. and then you'd rent it. You know, you rent it for a day or two, however it worked. And yeah, uh, well, you know, unless you got you it on Friday
0: and you could rent it, you know, for the weekend. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's they probably <laughs> that's probably what they did. Yeah. And they would rent a handful of movies, and uh, they got their hands on uh, one way or another. They got their hands on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and they, me and my brother, you know, they put they put me and my brother to bed, and then uh, at some point, my brother got up and snuck in there
0: <laughs> and started, watching, and we, with and started watching
1: it like behind the couch as they're watching yeah, yeah. Oh, on uh, yeah, and then he just it. and then he starts freaking out, and then, so that's always a family story that, like, you know, <laughs> he snuck in and watched that and, like, you know, tore, uh, uh, uh messed himself up, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly how old he would have been, but I'm saying probably five, six, seven, eight years old, somewhere in that range. Oh, yeah.
0: Wow, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine because <laughs> that yeah. movie. We could go into a whole show on that movie too, just on. Oh yeah, I'm sure we will. Because that, I mean, that movie. Yeah, we well, at some point we'll get to that movie. That's, I mean, beyond it just being a classic, it's just one of those movies that is the way it is made is such that it doesn't need gore, uh, even though no. there's a little bit of violence and blood in here. There's not a whole lot, but it's. it's terrifying. Not, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's not as much as you would think. Like you know, you always yeah. hear about this movie. That movie has like a legendary status, and then when oh, you yeah. watch it, you're like, it's not as bad as you know. Oh, yeah anything just about any horror movie that comes out today it's nowhere near as bad or no. at least not as gory i should say no i remember um, going up with
0: it before i'd seen it the le- it's kind of like that game of remember when school teacher we have a game where okay you whisper in somebody's ear and they whisper to the next person they whisper to the next person by the time it gets to the last person it's totally different
1: yeah it's the fish whatever tables. the line <laughs> it
0: yeah it's kind of like that i remember oh yeah no somebody doubt. would say hey oh is this movie a chainsaw mask i got his whole head sawn off and all you know and then the next kid like i don't know where mm-hmm. these stories came from and filtered down to by the time i saw it honestly i mean well we'll get to this at some point whenever we yeah, okay. But honestly that's i was almost disappointed the first time i saw it because i didn't see these le- levels of it was that build-up of like hype up before i ever got my hands on texas chancel massacre mm-hmm. that it was this ultra gory really fucked up movie and everything and the first time i saw it i had to get over that before I could really enjoy it and watch it the second time and third time before it really hit me that how what a great movie it was and how it didn't need all that, even though I'd heard all these stories about it beforehand. So it's
1: intermission, it's intermission. It's intermission, it's intermission. I- Did you watch that particular episode of uh, the uh, Last Drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs, where he hosted that one? Texas Chainsaw? No, I still
0: haven't. No, I, I need to catch up on. I need to catch up on the original, well, not the original, but the first. The you know when he came back to Shutter for the first time because there's a few of those yeah. episodes I didn't see, and there's also some random episodes in this last season didn't see either. I mean, and Texas
1: I, Angels, one of yes. every one of every one of those are good, you know, in their own way. Yeah, he, he he does a great job, but that one in particular, man, he really goes in deep because I guess because he you know he he has such an affinity for the movie and for Toby Cooper yeah. that like Texas, you, and being from
0: Texas and everything, yeah, too. and
1: everything about it. I mean, he really yeah. goes into like a deep dive. It's almost like a love letter, it's, and, and it's really long. I mean, like dude, he probably talked for you know how long is that movie? An hour and a half, give or take. Yeah, yeah. That it's whole, that. That, yeah, right that there, whole yeah. particular episode, I think, is like two and a half, almost three hours long, because um, <laughs> he yeah, talks that much <laughs> about that movie and about the the background, the history of that movie, and just Toby Hooper and everything. I mean, it's a really good episode. Um, and he
0: actually, you've seen, have you? You've seen, of course, Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, right? Yeah. Have you? Did you watch the the uh, edit the scenes? I guess that were deleted scenes, and Joe Bob Briggs was actually in one of those deleted scenes.
1: <laughs> oh, really? No, I didn't. Uh, yeah. Although I do think yeah. he did mention something about that when he was you know yeah. rambling on about you know the first one he may have mentioned something about that I can't remember but it seems like <laughs> yep. I've heard that somewhere along the path but yeah that's that's pretty funny.
0: Yeah you did see it was a it was a completely cut. I think they may mention it but it, it was when they go to the uh it had something to do with the with the football game with the game that was going on mm-hmm. that they were kind of that was kind of in the background they keep talking about the game the big you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah saying them, and yeah, you know, so they go and round up some people <laughs> and in, in Drayton's rolling roundup grill, you know, mm-hmm. with leather faces in the back of it. And one of the people running around there that they, you know, go to round up is Joe Bob Briggs. Oh.
1: It, the scene, I mean,
0: when you watch the scene, you know, it's, it's almost that movie is all about humor and yeah. gore. Whereas the first one wasn't, but that scene was almost a bit, I guess, too much, too much in the slapstick territory. You can see why it got cut, but unfortunately, you know, Joe Bob's scene got cut from it, but yeah, wanting to go back and watch now is so. a, deleted scene anyway
1: Yeah, i mean th- these are both i mean um uh, favorites of mine i know they're favorites of yours and i know we'll get around to them oh yeah in a deep dive eventually one of yeah. these days but we got plenty of uh other things to do before we get you know i almost look at it like you know there's <laughs> other appetizers before you eat the main course and that's, that's right. one of them you know like oh yeah. that's one of those ones you save for uh savor for another day you know kind of thing yeah um, it's got its own special time that we'll Oh get yeah, to. yeah. And those will probably be some of our longest episodes, I'm sure when, when oh, we yeah. get into when we get into those, you know, like the original Halloween or Yeah Friday the thirteenth. You know, the the mainstays, the ones we all know and love the best. <laughs> those will probably be our two plus hour episodes for sure. <laughs> going into those. <laughs> um, but anyways, off that tangent, uh back to the film rating. So uh we're up to about 1990, I assume. It looks uh, to me like
0: that's yeah. about when uh, NC-17 comes in. Yeah, yeah, about then. Oh, and then also to go go back a little bit and some because it involves horror as well mm-hmm. is in uh, 1985, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that've heard of this movie, "I Spit on Your Grave."
1: Oh but, yeah,
0: <laughs> it, that movie was also involved in a MPAA ratings controversy that actually resulted in a lawsuit. Wow. Uh, because yeah, you know, apparently you know the film was submitted to the MPAA. And uh, received an R rating, so but however, after receiving the R, then the <laughs> this is this is this is like some, some prime stuff here. After they got an R rating, the filmmakers went back and put these violent scenes back into the movie <laughs> and released it that way. Oh. <laughs> so basically, they submitted this self edited movie to the MPAA, oh. they got an R rating, they get the movie back, they put the violent scenes back in and released it as an R rating. <laughs> The the MPAA is funny, not too happy about that.
1: The funny part about all that is, is like this whole rating system is voluntary, right? Like, I guess if you want your stuff uh, released to the masses, you have to put it to the MPAA, right?
0: Well, no, you, well, you don't have to, but the thing about it is, if you there's well now, especially later after we can kind of back like a little bit to the to the X rating and the porn industry and all that stuff. So we'll go back a little bit back to '69 when the first R-rated movie came out, with, or the first R-rated movie movie that came back from the MPAA as an R, which mm-hmm. was uh, it's called The Split. That was a 1969 movie. It was like a crime drama heist movie with uh, mm-hmm. Gene Hackman, Jim Brown, and Ernest Borgnine. Okay,
1: and that was yeah, the 1st i I've, I've heard of it. I don't know if I've ever watched it, but I have heard
0: of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah actually, I have I've known the history of it, but I, I had, and knowing the history of it, I don't know why I haven't gotten around to watching it yet, just to see what the first R-rated movie was all yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it either. Then I guess the first. Uh, well, the first X-rated yeah, movie. David I might have to go back. Was. Yeah, Debbie does there again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> No, that'd be. It was
0: a De Niro film, though. God, I can't think of what. I mean, it's way before, or you know, good dip before Taxi Driver. It wasn't Taxi Driver. Early. That, uh,
1: this was the first X-rated movie you said
0: that you Yeah, about? the first. For, yeah, the first X-rated movie. It was a movie that had De Niro in it. I think it was called uh, Greetings. That was the name of it. Greetings. Greetings. Brian De Palma, mm-hmm. directed by Brian De Palma, and starring De Niro, a young, very young De Niro. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it was rated X for sexual content at the time, not porno. You know, at this time there wasn't really a term for porn or whatever so yeah yeah it's actually more sexually explicit than any of the other movies or, or commercial movies that were released at the time so yeah. they got uh, the x rating but again though the x rating is not an mpaa rating actually it's sort of a it's a voluntary thing there the mpaa gives out our rating that's what's sort of the that gets their seal of approval but anything beyond that is up to the filmmakers whether they want to release it as an, at that time release it as an x or they could release it unrated but the thing with that is there were a lot of, of the who wouldn't carry a movie if it had anything above an R rating. So if it were an X-rated movie or what didn't have a rating, then it was up kind of up to the theater's discretion whether they would carry it or not. And many of them wouldn't. Also, many newspapers wouldn't carry advertisements for movies that weren't R-rated or below. So that was kind of a stigma there. So, so now it leads you back to the
1: grindhouses and the uh, drive-ins.
0: Yeah, for the, yeah, the X-rated ones. And then, of yeah. course, what comes along in 1969, I believe, is deep throat <laughs> yeah. that's the first i guess official porno movie you want to call it and they themselves didn't care about submitting the movie to the mpaa they self-imposed it. Yeah. they like proudly emblazoned the x upon their you know mm. their product so, that, was their that, were, yeah, that was their selling point yeah that was their selling points yeah so then from that point on x is equated with porn and there's a lot of movies that were that were you know given an x rating that were a very, you know, artistic expression. Oh, there's Midnight Cowboy, for and That actually came out before Deep Throat, though, but it was given, it was, uh, actually, you think about Midnight Cowboy, it was X-rated. It won Best Picture, and you'll say, oh, it's the only, you know, X-rated movie to win Best Picture, but uh, technically, they didn't actually submit it to the MPA. So it, it would
1: technically be more, like, it would be unrated as opposed to X-rated. Well,
0: well they put, they self-imposed the X on it, but again, remember, this is before, before porn, so there was no yeah, stigma yeah. X at that time. So, so they're,
1: they're using it as a selling point, like, hey, come and see this thing that they don't want you to see kind of thing.
0: Yeah, well, and it was also where the filmmaker didn't tell the producers that, hey, this, I want my movie to, to come out the way I want it. I don't want anybody's hand in it besides mm-hmm. me if it comes to editing it. And the producers agreed with that. So they said, OK, we're not even going to bother going through the process of the MPAA. We're just going to put it out there, self-impose that X rating ourselves and see what happened. And what happened was that movie blew up. <laughs> it became huge, you know. Yes, Leah Clang. Just regular general audiences loved it. It worked for that movie,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but shortly after that is when Deep Red—I mean Deep
1: Red—Deep <laughs> <laughs> Throat came out. Deep and Red yeah, magazine.
0: Deep, Deep Red magazine. Yeah, <laughs> Deep Throat came out, and then that—that that pretty much equated X with porn at that point on. So, so then newspapers, uh, movie theater chains—they definitely weren't carrying X-rated movies because they'd equate it with porn as well. So that kind of a stagnated any sort of, any movies above an R rating, regardless of their artistic you know content or not. You pretty much didn't see anything much related to, you know, above an R rating in commercial theaters.
1: So then we go from 84 with PG-13 to 1990
0: with NC-17. And NC-17 was, <laughs> it was supposed to be, it was something that the MPAA was deciding they were going to reclaim the X rating, I guess you could say, you know, to make it legitimate again. So they knew that the X had the stigma of porn behind it. So... And also, you know, there were some more filmmaker, porn filmmakers out there decided we're going to go beyond X to triple X. You know, mm. that's not, of course, anything related to NPA. That was just them trying to promote more, you know, push it more. This is beyond an X rating, even got triple X. So, of course, then you know, X equates to porn. So, NPA says let's make something that we can, you know, people can put out there that might be above an R rating but still has artistic merit. So they come up with the NC-17. Problem is though, what? that theater chains and newspapers still wouldn't carry ads or carry the movies if it was above the R rating because they still equated anything above an R rating with exploitation or, you know, just adult filmmaking that shouldn't be... By commercial theater chains, so they still had a stigma, even though know, it was NC-17.
1: Yeah, I was and, just uh, briefly looking looking at uh, this article that I had pulled up here. It said Midnight Cowboy was X-rated, but also A Clockwork Orange was X-rated. Oh yes,
0: yeah, I forgot to mention Clockwork Orange yeah, too. Yeah, but it's, it also now, says
1: we're understood to be unsuitable for children, but non pornographic and intended for the general right. public. So, like you said, you're you're on that fine line right there during that time period, late sixties, yeah. early seventies.
0: And the thing about, like I said, the thing about Midnight Cowboy is they not we're not sure what that rating would have been because it never got submitted to the NPA. They just oh. didn't submit it. So it very well could have been that the MPAA would have given them an R, I mean a, yeah, an R rating for it. And later on, they did. They did. It did get resubmitted or get submitted to the MPAA, and they did get an R rating for it later on down the road a little. But yeah, and then Clockwork Orange, like and the X.
1: Well, especially if, like you said, Midnight Cowboy won Best Picture, right, in 69, Oh 70, yeah.
0: Yeah. whatever. So I yeah, it, I exactly. But it did win Oscar. Yeah, so-
1: so they're they're gonna have to go back. They had to go back and probably fix that situation because it's forever gonna be etched, <laughs> yeah. etched in the lists, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Let's go back and take a second look at this one. Uh, it says here in uh, late eighty nine, early ninety nineteen ninety two critically acclaimed art films featuring oh. strong adult content, which were Henry Portrait of yes. the Serial Killer and the Cook the Thief, His Wife and Her Lover. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> not, I've never. I heard saw of that. both
0: of them. <laughs> I've seen the, the Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover is definitely an art house. Right. Uh, I almost shudder to call it a horror film. It's, it's art house, and it's got that you know little level of gore and stuff in it, but it's more artistic than horror-oriented. But I do remember seeing that one back then. But yeah, and then Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I remember reading interviews in, it might have been Fangoria or Gorazone at the time, with the director, McNaughton, his last name.
1: Yeah, John
0: McNaughton. He, John McNaughton, he said that the MPA came back. They they wouldn't. They couldn't give him any guidance on what that he could cut. He couldn't. In other words, he couldn't cut anything from that movie to get an R rating. Like the <laughs> overall general tone of the movie was such that so th- it could not be R rated.
1: <laughs> so they just threw their arms up, like, "What can I do to make this?" Yeah. And they just look, like, mm.
0: "Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't. Be you sick son of a bitch." <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so, yeah, so he had no
0: choice but to, it, to release it that way. And, and I don't know how much this,
1: this article it says. Neither film was approved for the M for an MPAA rating, yeah. thus thus limiting their commercial distribution and prompting criticism of the rating system's lack of a designation for such films. So yeah. this is where you start getting the blowback. So you're which basically I guess eventually led us to NC-17. Yeah,
0: you're basically saying that these and Cook the even his wife and her lovers is more is even more of an art film, you know. Henry, mm. not necessarily an art film, but it's very. It's not necessarily exploitative or anything. It's it's trying. It's telling an uh, actually you know great story and everything.
1: It's just really like, sexual. Yeah, yeah,
0: and, and the violence and everything. You're yeah. equating it to exploitation stuff in the realms of "I Spit in Your Grave" or even "Deep Throat" or all that type of stuff so, by relegating it to that level of you know this movie's not going to get into the theaters any more than "I Spit in Your Grave" would. Yeah, they did prompt the NC seventeen, but unfortunately, the NC seventeen didn't pan out to be what the MPAA was hoping it would be which is you know they were trying to reclaim that x rating and give some legitimacy to movies that were beyond the r that were still artistic merit
1: what was the first movie to uh, receive the nc17 rating
0: i have a, was it henry and june yeah
1: that's what i see I, right? I was just yeah. wondering if you saw that in your notes too yeah that's what i see here henry, yeah, and, I june. Believe
0: it's henry and june it
1: says yep. it says here at least that it was previously to be assigned an x rating but instead it was the first film to receive the nc17 rating yeah, that was in September of 1990. So it's all over this little time period there, where I guess yeah. uh, things are changing. Thoughts. Oh yeah. The thoughts on these type of movies and where they should land. I guess not. You know, like we talked about that fine line between PG and R. Now you're talking about that fine line between R and porn. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And See, and and growing up, and you know being a huge horror fan in the 80s, coming on in the mid and late 80s and everything, there was a there was definitely a double standard going on there at that time. Like, say, if you, if you compare the first Friday the 13th, or even the second Friday the 13th, or even the third Friday, the, even the fourth Friday the 13th, you get up in there, fifth Friday the 13th, there's pretty decent levels of gore in there. You know, there's there are slasher movies, splatter movies, you expect the gore, it should be there. And it is there. You Get to part six, I love part six, there's this there's little bit of difference you can notice in the level of gore versus the ones that came before it. By the time you get to part seven, it's almost bloodless. And part eight, yeah. forget it, you know, like there's, you hardly see drops of blood. I mean, just ended at all. I think, I mean, this is just coming from me, you know, growing up in that era and everything too, and seeing it, reading it, Fangoria and, Zone and all these magazines, it was like this crackdown on, you know, slasher movies uh, by parents, you know, religious organizations, all these things that,
1: well, there that, were, a, I guess there were a lot of them in that time period. You're talking about yeah. like from what, probably 85, 86 up until 90, right. 91, right? Something like that. Yeah.
0: Like, There was was a a lot. And that wasn't even the heyday of it. I guess you'd say the golden era would be from like 1980, 79, 80, up to like 84. So is the golden era, you know, you say a slasher movie. And then, yeah, Yeah. and then there was the inundation after that.
1: that. That's what I was about to say. Now, I think there's a difference now between the golden era where these things were coming out and they were good. Yeah. Versus, versus <laughs> later on when, you know, now you're in part five, six, seven, eight of these yeah. things. And now it's clearly a cash grab yeah. and they're not as good as they once were.
0: True. And even but the stuff they that... They were more mainstream that, by then. Yeah, they were definitely more mainstream. Yeah, and by that's then Freddie
1: Freddie had a friggin' like 1-900 number by this point, you yeah, know?
0: Yeah. That's why parents, I think, were in their opera at that point. Okay, why are our kids... Why is this child-killing, you know... <laughs> Yeah, slasher killer. Why are they cheering him on? Why are they? Why is he got this hotline? On? Why are they? You know, what is all this going on? Yeah. Why, now are, they, why they, are these now kids cheering Jason?
1: Once they figure <laughs> out who Freddy is, that he's pretty much probably a grab ass. Yeah. yeah. Who uh, you know was uh, diddling kids and and got busted by the neighborhood <laughs> parents and burned to death. Why? Is, why is my kid calling this one nine hundred number for a dollar ninety nine a minute? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that did play a lot into it. Then, so then they pretty much gutted no pun intended, the horror movies, slasher movies that were coming out.
1: Yeah.
0: Where, you know, like, and again, if you compare that Friday the 13th Part 7 to the remake of Friday 13th that came out back in whatever, 2000, was that 2009? Mm-hmm. Whatever that was, that remake. There was a lot more gore by that time. Like, something, standards led up again, where, you, you know, what's acceptable in an R-rated horror movie these days is way more than what was acceptable in R-rated horror movie, in, at least in the 90s. You know, late eighties and well, in the yeah, 90s. I mean,
1: not not to get into a deep dive on that part of things, but it was that uh, that conservative mindset of the yeah. mid to late eighties. You know, that the Reagan era. You yeah. know, and uh, like you said, Tipper Gore with the music and stuff like, like that. that. I mean, they were really cracking down on yeah. stuff. Oh
0: yeah, and you had you the whole know, Satanic Panic. You remember that? Yeah, <laughs> and the
1: yeah.
0: the overboard, I guess, or over the top sort of attacking of all that type of stuff: heavy metal, horror, punk, even hip hop. When hip hop started that, coming along, was it that, not not. The, you
1: know, <laughs> that sums it up nicely, calling it the Satanic Panic, because that's that's exactly yeah. what it was. It was everything's the yeah. devil, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I know that's, uh, uh, you know, for you younger listeners, that's probably hard to imagine for you guys these days. But That's just the way it was back then. Like, you know, you had to hide this shit, man. Like, you know, oh, yeah, I yeah. Mean, <laughs> if your parents weren't cool with it, man, you had to hide everything.
0: Because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had to, I had to, my, my dad was a musician. He was a drummer in, in 60s and stuff. And I mean, I had it a little bit lenient as far as like. Kiss, you know, they bought me a kiss record when I was five years old. I was listening to Kiss rather than Hi Ho the Dairy or whatever.
1: You mean Knights in Satan's service? Yes. Knights in Satan's service? Yes. <laughs> oh, I remember all that stuff. Again, part man, of that
0: Satanic Panic, yeah
1: yeah uh, i remember like uh you know even like that now granted it's a little bit more warranted but like remember two live crew and all that stuff where it's oh
0: yes yes yeah i know, had to hide
1: that yeah yeah like i did the, that have was,
0: that two live crew album as nasty as they want to be in there and that
1: you're almost going back to like the tape trading days with that kind of stuff oh, yes. you know like yeah. uh oh you you know you're you heard your friend had a two live crew album now everybody's speaking <laughs> copies and stuff you know
0: and you know i had to be a little I and mean, being a metalhead and everything too i yeah, I didn't necessarily have my Venom albums on display you know, <laughs> yeah. see, or yeah, you know, yeah. even Slayer, a certain Slayer ones. You,
1: you had to put the, the Kiss album. The you had to put the Kiss album up in the front so you could uh, hide the <laughs> Yeah, rest. yeah, yeah.
0: You don't want to dig too deep in there, mom. Yeah, and then
1: just <laughs> and yeah, then just hope they didn't dig through your shit. Have what you is this? They did, yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, all that shit's going on in the trash. <laughs> at least then you know it was more affordable so it didn't hit you as hard if they did throw it away like you know damn it well now i'll go buy the yeah. album again for a dollar fifty you know <laughs> so basically in 1990 you know at least according to my notes in 1990 the nc-17 rating replaced the x rating and but it also says i guess at the same time they started putting uh rating descriptors right it says rating descriptors are added giving parents more information about the elements of a movie. So I guess that's where they actually start getting into the nitty-gritty of, like, this is why it has, you know, the G, G rating, PG, so on, PG-13-R. They give specific reasonings, like, you know, for violence, nudity, uh, strong language, you know, whatever they throw in mm-hmm. there. So They kind of took
0: the, uh, I remember, back, I mean, I don't remember how far back, I mean, it was back before these, you know, the more modern movie ratings where they do put all those titles, all those uh, descriptors in there. I remember HBO and Movie Channel used to do that. You remember yeah. Back in the, in the 80s, even, they, it was kind of like they, they took that cue from what they were doing because they would put all that stuff up on the screen before a movie R mm-hmm. for strong violence and whatever, you know.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, I think they still do that to this day.
0: Yeah, they probably, they probably do.
1: I don't watch they as many do. movies like, you know, like you used to on HBO and Cinemax and all that, like, you know, as they're playing. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think they still throw that up, you know, before the movie.
0: Yeah, I, I was I surprised that, that they didn't adopt that sooner. <laughs> I mean, the you know the actual
1: yeah giving the movie
0: in the theaters actually adopt that.
1: I guess it's I almost adopt. like I, I guess it's almost like uh, you know when you go to McDonald's, they don't necessarily they might they may or may not give you the ingredients, but they don't exactly tell yeah. you the whole breakdown yeah. of everything that's in it and why yeah. or uh, you know the uh, the calorie count and all that stuff. You know, until right. more recently, I think they're kind of being made to do that, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it, it's kind of the same thing. Like here, here's here's what it is. We don't have yep. to give you the reason. Just trust us. You know? <laughs> it looks like from uh, from there, basically, you have the the uh, the rating system as we know it today. I guess pretty much you have the G rating, the PG, PG thirteen, the R, and the NC seventeen. That I believe, you know, is, I don't think they've added anything, right? I think it's pretty much still the same as it is today.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah so
1: basically for this is the year 2019 obviously so for the last how many years is that now almost 30 years this yeah. is pretty much the writing system that we've gone with
0: and uh NT 17 didn't you know like i said it backfired on them anyways and mm-hmm. and uh, they wanted to have something to differentiate between you know x-rated pornography and everything and then the more higher brow art films that were too violent or or whatever was above the r rating still ended up backfiring and a lot of newspapers wouldn't carry the ads for the nc-17 movies either so i don't not been a whole lot of whole lot of nc-17 movies since
1: so according to a a list that i found on the web and we all know the web is right about everything um there have been there have been 93 movies that i that i i I think they're kind of adding in the x-rated movies you know that aren't pornos obviously um, but uh, there have been ninety-three movies that have been. Because yes, if they
0: added in the pornos, it would be ten billion. No. Oh yeah, it'd be yeah. <laughs> and, and,
1: and honestly, do they even rate those things?
0: No. Like was, what they did was now the the porno industry kind of self-rated themselves. They they that's why they kind of they over, they took over the X rating, mm-hmm. and so that's why those movies that were legitimately, you know, legitimate films that weren't por- pornography, they didn't really want an X rating because they would be associated with with porn, but. Porn just went one step further and said, Okay, now we got double and triple X movies. You know, Mm triple X is not part of the uh, MPA. Technically, the X rating is not even part of the MPA rating system anymore. So it's kind of a self imposed thing. Pretty much only porno films would would accept now would be, uh, you know, the self imposed X rating or the old, like I said, the triple X rating to make it seem more even
1: more pornographic. Yeah. (laughs) Um, According to this list that I found, and this is actually on, I'll I'll go ahead and reference it, it's on IMDb. It is the most exhaustive list of movies that have been rated NC-17 since the rating began in 1990. Included on this list are movies that have an NC-17 rating, movies Mm -hmm. that were initially rated NC-17 and then re-rated R upon editing or appeal. And then movies that were initially rated NC-17 and then were withdrawn from the rating procedure and distributed as unrated. So there, that list has 93 movies, including such movies as American Psycho, which obviously would have been re- re-edited or changed because it's rated R. Right. Um, everybody's favorite movie, Back in Action. Uh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and and, and the-, the list goes on. I mean, there's tons on here. But yeah, so considering, yeah. you know, it, it, uh, under that uh, criteria that they place on it and since 1990, which is uh, almost 30 years, that's not a lot of movies. You know, and and most of those, like I said, have probably been re edited to get an R. Or yeah, a lot of really those, yeah, yeah.
0: true. I mean, uh I mean I think Midnight Cowboy is one of those, right, that originally was X and was recertified yeah. as an R later Clockwork Orange. So
1: I, I guess that kind of brings us up to today, really. I mean, other than a few other things. I mean, did you have anything else to add to you know, how we got to where we are today?
0: Uh well one one other thing I wanted to add that I don't think don't think we touched on too. Well, we might touch on it, we didn't really go too much into it, it was uh, certain filmmakers but especially in the horror genre, and one one I'm thinking of in particular, George Romero, who, when he put out his, you know the sequel to Nine Living Dead, when he put out Dawn of the Dead, not, the, not, not that Nine of the Living Dead had a rating or it got submitted, it was too, it was low, but they didn't even worry about submitting that to the MPA or anything. But as he or, got more popular... Or, or, even,
1: or even trying to copyright it or something,
0: right? Yeah, yeah or even copyright it. So, yeah, it's a flood of really shitty VHS tapes Yeah, and, you know, back and, and in the it's, day. And <laughs> it's,
1: uh, it's public domain, right?
0: Yeah, it was public domain, so any... Anybody could put it out there and they did. They did. I, yeah. I remember trying to find a decent copy of that movie on VHS for a year, for a few years, you know. And of course, mm-hmm. you weren't going to find it at Kmart. You go to Kmart, it's going to be the, I don't, even, I don't even think it was a Good Times video. I can't remember right now what some of those are like really cheap. I mean, like literally anybody with a
1: oh, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I remember I used, to, I used to uh, subscribe to a magazine. I want to say it was called Total DVD or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it used to come with like a free dvd with each issue you know i got it in the mail and they'd be usually i think it was mostly like maybe some short films or some trailers or something like that oh they, yeah. Uh, yeah one time they just straight up get uh sent me a whole copy of night of the living dead <laughs> <laughs> usually it was like you know cheap things trailers and stuff yeah. boom here's a whole movie what and then i think that was around <laughs> the time that our that i found out that it was like public domain and <laughs> Pretty much anything anyone can do anything they want to with
0: that movie. I think you know where I, I found uh, when I finally found a halfway decent copy of that because every like literally all the video stores back in the back then when I used to rent rent from but had they just had the the cheap version because there yeah. were so many so many different ones out there you know because of the public domain issue that uh, all of them were cheap. So hey, Mars. Before I finally found an actual decent copy was when I was going to school for communications mm-hmm. in our uh, mass control department or whatever where we. Uh, I had a bunch of reels there because this, this place had an actual functioning PBS station. Mm-hmm. And they had like a whole bunch of old reels, uh, one inch video reels in their library that they weren't even, I mean, there's been, been a while back since before, you know, when they, when they used to air those in the late nights. Mm-hmm. But they still had them all archived in there. And they had nice, pristine copy of uh, Nine of the Living Dead. Nice. <laughs> so I to dub that off.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is before
0: DVD came along and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: So you're actually, getting, uh, actually like, you dubbed off an actual half half
0: copy of this movie. yeah, and a bunch of other cool uh, old sci-fi and horror movies too. Oh, that's
1: cool. Yeah,
0: Killer Shrews. Yeah, the Killer Shrews. There's another one that was like I don't know if they their copyright ran out or what, but mm-hmm. that that movie you know it's not as compelling as Night of the Living Dead, but it, it was it was a public domain thing too where it was just all over the place. But getting back to uh, Romero and the whole ratings thing and everything, he once once he you know put out Dawn of the Dead or once he finished Dawn of the Dead before he was going to submit it, he knew that it was going to get hacked to death by the, you know, MPAA. So, so he just decided, no, screw it. I'm just going to put it out there unrated. Whatever happens, happens. So And hmm. basically, I mean, that, you know, it cut his his take, I guess you could say, on it. Yeah. Well, you're not going to make as much money that way. But, you know, he took those guns and put it out there that way. Same thing with David of the as well. Yeah,
1: he was always kind of an outlaw with that type of stuff anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, not yeah, especially with those, somebody that wanted to play within the rules.
0: Yeah, especially with his own baby so to speak which was the, the living dead films i mean you know he did the the dark half the stephen king adaptation and he did monkey shines and by that time you know he had kind of had to accept the mpa ratings because he was dealing with the bigger market bigger production companies and stuff
1: yeah and i think we talked briefly about him and, and a little bit of that that stuff in the uh All right. return of the living dead episode remember when we were uh discussing the differences between like there's return of the living like what is it like the living dead movies uh oh yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, John Russo. He took the
1: the Living yeah, Dead yeah. title
0: for his movies, which is what Return to Living Dead. And Romero was yeah.
1: of the dead.
0: Yeah, of the dead.
1: Blah, blah, fill in the blank. Over the dead. <laughs> yeah, we kind of touched on a little bit of that at that point. Yeah. Um, according to uh, what I see here, you know, in some of the notes that I have, is uh, in 2004 um, they launched the MPP, MPAA launched a program to approve advertising for rated movies based on compatibility with related programming. So I guess. That's where they kind of started, uh, I guess, taking a look at trailers and and uh, commercials and stuff, I assume, you know, that were kind of connected mm-hmm. to the movies. And uh and Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in conjunction with the rating and all that. And then in 2007, smoking is added as a factor in the film rating process. Yeah. So that tells you right there how times had changed, you know, once you get up to uh, 2007, about how things were perceived, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. You can have a bunch of heads get hacked off, but you better not smoke a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: We're gonna bump your rating up. Like, I'm assuming that means like you can go from like a uh, PG-13 to an R if you got too many people smoking.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I don't know what. I, nothing I didn't check into was what the what the allowed limit is for certain things of that nature.
1: Yeah, Lord, I'm sure we could probably have a whole yeah. other episode about <laughs> yeah. the oh, yeah, intricacies yeah. of what goes into yeah. the difference between a 13 and an R on some of these things. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's insane.
0: How many fucks can you get into an R-rated movie? Yeah. <laughs> How
1: many, many fucks? Do it, we you do take- <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, hopefully. Uh, I mean, is there anything else you you had in, uh, in your research, your notes, or anything you wanted to talk about before we close up shop?
0: I think that. Pretty sure we covered most of it there. Like that. Well, other than like we said, the intricacies of what exactly goes into what makes yeah. R or whatever. But <laughs>
1: yeah, we only have so much time in our lives, so uh, that's right. Maybe maybe one of these days we we can <laughs> yeah. go back and discuss it so hopefully you know if you listen to this uh kind of a different episode for us you know we were we were without will in this episode since he's on assignment hopefully you found it entertaining and informative you know if nothing else uh we kind of give you a a history of uh the motion picture association of america and how they do their ratings and uh how that's important to uh what you see today and how it's delivered to you basically is you know without this i mean like not saying it'd be any better or worse, right? You know, if, if this didn't exist, but this is kind of what we've had, you know, for just about the entirety of uh, movie history. There's been some form of this and
0: and how uh, it changes over the years, what becomes yeah,
1: acceptable. And, and, and yeah, and how, it becomes, how, it is, how it has evolved and things that okay. were once acceptable or not acceptable. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm sure if we waited five years and did this and did a, a similar show again, Certain other things would probably change again because you know times change and these ratings and the, the ideas of society change with it. You know, so this is just uh, proof of that that how yeah. things can change over a certain amount of time.
0: And we've only cut. We've only touched on, of course, the U.S. rating system. We haven't touched on all the others because I mean, this is yeah. American Spook Show podcast. But but hell, all the other countries is totally different. I mean, you could have you know, sex isn't as much of a taboo and certain mm-hmm. european countries as it is in america so you would have a little bit more leniency when it came to that but yet the violence you know they might excise all the violence from an r-rated movie or, well not an r whatever their equivalent of an r-rated would be that
1: might be a good idea for another episode one day you and i can dive into kind of the different versions of the rating system in different countries mm. yep and uh you know just to see how it stacks up against the u.s you know uh m p a a rating system so uh So I guess uh, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, Make sure to join us for our next episode, which I'm sure will be coming soon to uh, podcast device near you. So for uh, Smoke, I am, and obviously for Will, who's not with us, Um, I'm Josh, and uh, we'll see you next time.
0: This podcast is not yet rated. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Not yet.
1: (laughs) It's double X.
0: (laughs) It's double X, that's right. (laughs)
1: Which is double the fun, apparently.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll back. It'll be a triple X. Wait, no, that this doesn't sound right. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> and now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.